Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of December. In Scandinavia, we celebrate Christmas on the evening of December 24. This is because Christmas started out as a pagan holy day. That was in the pre-Christian Viking era. This holiday wasn't a nice holiday for some of the edible farm animals, at least. Julblut, i.e. Julblad, is described like this, quote from Wikipedia. According to Snorre, Christmas was one of several annual holidays that were celebrated through a blut. This was a common sacrificial meal organized by a chief, who was a secular ruler, but also had a religious function as the holder of a court, where he arranged these banquets. The meal was preceded by a ritual slaughter of the animals to be eaten." End quote. The Vikings may at the time have been the only people living in ruling democracies since the Roman democracy declined but they were used to bloody deaths among people and animals. Some of the people weren't even citizens. They were trealar or slaves. And for them, there were, there were no democracy. Our first and only contestant this week is a Norwegian ale called Ås Vällaget Jule from Ås Brewery. Vällaget means that it is well fermented and Jülöl means Christmas beer. The spelling A-A-S-S -S does not mean ass. For one thing, there are two A's in the beginning of its name. Ås is an ale with a higher than average ABV. The brewery is located in Drammen near Oslo. The brewery claims that Ås is Norway's oldest brewery. They also proclaim on the bottle that this beer is brewed according to the German Reinheitsgebot, i.e. purity laws from 1516. Okay, it will require that the Norwegians are as good at brewing with sparse ingredients as many German breweries are. That actually is a very demanding task if the result is to become satisfactory. You have to have deep knowledge about the fermentation process and the yeast culture if you want guaranteed good results. Other than that, you can roast the malt in different ways and mixture with hop variants. Of course, it helps if the beer is strong. But as I have said many times before on this show, a strong ABV beer is not exactly the same thing as a good beer. And a strong ABV alone in no way guarantees that your beer is going to be a good beer. I know that there is at least one really good ale coming from Norway that I have reviewed on this show once in the past. 
but it wasn't a Rainesky board beer. The ingredients in Os Jüdel are water, barley malt, hops, and yeast. The beer is good until as late as September 2023, according to the best before date on the bottle. I purchased this beer recently. The Os Jüdel assortment comes in a long-necked, angular-like bottle with the name Oz embossed on the glass bottle. There is a frosty picture on the front labels of a three-folded plastic labels. The bottle is sized 33 centiliters, or about 11 liquid ounces. The beer costs about 25 Swedish kronor, i.e. 2 US dollars and 70 cents. That is just under one US dollar per four ounces of beer. That is still very cheap for an ale with this strong ABV. Not extraordinarily strong ABV, but strong. If you want to calculate the cost in US dollars and cents for four ounces of beer, you take the dollar price for the whole beer and divide it with the size of the bottle or can say 11 liquid ounces converted from the European 33 centiliters. Then you end up with the dollar price for one ounces of beer. Multiply this result with four and you get the price for four ounces of beer. American standard cans are 12 liquid ounces large. Any beer worth under one US dollar per four ounces is a cheap beer especially if it is an ale. If it is worth over one US dollar per four ounces, it is expensive, especially if it is a lager. Converters for both currency and liquids are available on the internet. The preferred serving temperature is, according to Systemblaget, 12 to 14 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 54 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says on their website that it is best served at 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, before I have finished it, the last beer in the bottle will have a temperature of 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Os Juliel has got a 9% ABV. How about the experience then? Well, it's 12 degrees, just over 12 degrees Celsius now. So uh, 12 and a half and um, 54.6 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. According to my IR sensor, laser on IR sensor. Okay, let's uh, open it up. Got a brown sugar, a cane sugar aroma. It's got a two finger tall head and it's uh, dark. 
but a little bit reddish in color, I think. Brown, uh, it's mostly black. But no, it's. Uh, I, I think I it was a reflection from uh, some stuff in, uh, on my computer, so not reddish. It's more dark black. First impression, well. I get a good impression from this beer. It's rich, of course it's 9% ABV. And it's, um, I don't think it's bread-like. And I don't sense any yeastiness in it, but there surely is. This, since it's an ale, uh, I don't think it's. I'm, I'm not sure it's, if it's filtered or not. I don't. I think it is. So maybe not that yeasty. But it's malty, if I can sense it right. Taste on my palate, orange peely and uh, spicy. It's kind of sweet, I think. Yes. Yes, it is. It's kind of bitter too. It's not candy-like, and the fruitiness is orange peely. A lot, actually. And spicy. I don't know if there are any herbs in it. The undertone is a little bit like a coffee taste. Or maybe... I think so. And the carbonation level, I don't know actually. We'll see in a minute. It's not creamy. It's not acidic. And there are not any aberrations in it, I think. It's very coffee-like. Strong. I don't think it's there. There's any syrup in it, uh, and no honey either. 
It's a little bit licorice-like. Perhaps. No, 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 not, not licorice. It's... Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe vanilla taste or I uh, know I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't give um, interpret this as too complex. So I, I don't want to throw in a lot of uh, uh, ingredients that's not there in it. So what the taste is, I, I, I want to make it as simple as possible. And that's the ingredients, I think. Well, I think um, it's a good beer. But I, I the, it's not something I would drink every day, but it's, it's a season now. It's the winter, uh, Christmas season. So it's okay to drink now. But I would rather drink a regular ale any day of the week, the rest of the year. But that, that doesn't make this a bad beer. On the contrary, this is a very good beer. And it's a uh, carbonation level is pretty high, I think, uh, coming up here. Oof. Excuse me. So what about grading then? Cane sugar like taste is it, it is uh, in this beer. Or brown sugar. The grading of this beer, what can I grade it? Since it's, it's not what I would drink every day, the whole year around, but it is a Yule beer. So I, I, I must grade this beer. It's so strong. It's so strong. I, I, I wish it would have been 8% because it's a little bit too strong, I think, but, um, Well, eight or nine devils, but which? Okay, nine devils out of 10 possible. So it's a very good beer, but only for Christmas time, I think. Okay, absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underaged or pregnant. And one last thing, Merry Christmas.
but uh, we're going on with the show. I'm going to have a strategic lesson, I think uh, it is today. Yes, it is. Okay. This week, I have as many as four lessons for you. The first one I call Non-NATO Member Finland Acquiring the F-35 with an Extraordinary Deal. A cut from the blogger Cornucopia's text about the Non-NATO Member Finland acquiring the F-35. Quote, dot, dot, dot. The deal is the best any F-35 country has received. Among other things, Finland will manufacture 100 different types of spare parts for the aircraft, including being part of the global supply chain for the F-35, i.e. the export of spare parts. Finland is thus also buying an export industry. Other spare parts will be stored in Finland, so they can operate without being dependent on the USA. End quote. How do you people think it sounds? Not so damn good for Sweden, I think. American and Finnish separate plans to scuttle Sweden. Or it can be a coincidence or it can be a revelation. I will not let myself become intimidated by it in any case. We'll see in a short future anyway. At some point, Biden will have to open his mouth and start spitting frogs out of his mouth if he is to make the entire United States and the Western world go to war against us. He knows this. We therefore stand against Russia as usual. We need only to be able to face Russia militarily. And there is a sea and several countries between us and Russia, one of them being Finland. Warfare and beach landings over the Baltic Sea would be a very complex and vulnerable fighting operation if Kreml cannot be clandestine enough to be able to invade the island of Gotland without us reaching our island first. The island is located considerably closer to the rest of Sweden than it is to Kaliningrad, about three times as close. Finland will not be able to benefit from its affairs with the United States. Finland is located where Finland is located. Finland is actually more dependent on Sweden than they become dependent on the United States with this deal. Finland no longer, since World War II, has a window to the Barents Sea in the north. If Finland succeeds in its intentions to get Sweden to be stuck with Black Pete, the Kremlin will see its chance. Black Pete is a card game, where the one person who gets stuck with the Black Pete card lose the card game. It will be a child's play for Russia to hinder the Finnish supply route via Sweden and the Baltic Sea if Finland succeeds in creating discord between, between Finland and Sweden. 
clear as hell that the Kremlin seizes the opportunity. But the Finns know that. They can therefore not afford to express their plans openly to make us stuck with Black Pete. That weapon, to put it frankly, is actually ours. If we express ourselves truthfully in public, Finland will find themselves in a bad position. But I'm actually a little worried that Biden will succeed in turning our neighbors against us to such a degree that they do Biden's military dirty work. It would be Biden's wet dream. Since Biden may soon take the opportunity to send Norway, Finland and Denmark to a Ragnarök, i.e. an Armageddon, in the belief that it makes the United States a white country. The fact that he has managed to deceive some of the whitest countries in the world is just symptomatic of the United States decline as a white country. Being white is not the same thing as being cunning, whatever Biden thinks. To be white is to be principled, a stand-up nation, to be moral, to take risks for other innocent people. Besides, Biden has not actually fooled me yet. Fooled me yet. So no matter how he chooses to look at what it means to be white, the United States is on its way to becoming a Brazil now. Our second lesson for this week will follow, and I call it Rygge Airbase and Sula Airbase in Norway. How is it that the Americans have negotiated with the Norwegians access to two airbases, one in Norway's southeast and one in the southwest? The third airbase they have gained access to is Evenes, quite far up in the north, and it is not odd because the US has always had the strategic focus, the North Calot. But what causes the strategic and operational change to also have access to air bases in Rygge and in Sula? Duh, my name is Biden and I'm a moron. Or, no, Biden is not a moron. This together with the non-NATO country Finland's Grand Slam with the F-35 deal makes me damn suspicious. The third lesson I call our German-speaking non-allies. For Germany, Sweden is an insignificant country. That is, we have no right to exist except as thought slaves to the German-speaking peoples. I have been a slave to the post-Nazi and pre-neo-Nazi Germans for most of my life. But it's definitely in the past now that I'm being healed physically. Yes, that's the way it really is. Germans too target physically challenged Swedes and weak people, just like our Muslims do, in order to steal our women and our national resources and our inventive high-tech producing companies, like the Scania truck manufacturer, that the Germans stole with a big help from the EU. 
The Germans are in very good company together with our other women oppressing criminals. I have a suggestion. Is it possible to determine where the subconscious is located in the human brain? I hope of being able to magnetically scan Swedish and German brains and read out the degree of clutter in the center of the subconscious and compare German brains with Swedish brains. I am convinced that in most German brains, the center of the subconscious is about to flow over. And when that happens, they will lose control and thus begin to lose in efficiency, as so many other nationalities have done before them throughout history. Imagine the faces of the Germans when they receive it in black and white from us, that they are nothing but perverted continental post-Nazis and pre-neo-Nazis. Oops, I would love to see that. Not the neo-Nazism in Germany, but the faces of the Germans when their dreams of being superior masters dies for good. Or as the Viking sagas expressed it about the outsiders when explaining a dire situation for some of the Vikings, quote, but they fell in love with their mirror image, end quote. Meaning that they were put out of action or being mentally coerced to join our Swedish forefathers fight through mere cognitive thinking expressed like this. The fourth lesson I call, how do we extend our inforeach? Do we want to extend our inforeach? Our biggest problem is conveying the information that I and others in our military headquarters strategic department have analyzed. It's one thing to be a good strategist, but it's quite another thing to borrow an ear from other states. Everyone has a hyped belief about their own secret service, except us. In any case, we as a small state can hardly limit or be selective about the information we want to convey to Europe, because then we will not be trusted in either the small nor the big picture. In that case, we cannot be trusted in the big picture because we have not provided complete information and the small matters becomes just an annoyance to other European states. Who would you most likely trust as a Ukrainian or French or Danish or any other statesman? Swedish fragmentary information or your own secret service? I'm guessing your own secret service. But suppose that we convey the full picture to our neighboring EU states. Is that something that we really want to do, considering that we may be the protagonist in a devious scheme directed at us by the US in cahoots with Russia? Isn't it better to keep up the appearance so that hopefully Kremlin won't ever realize our predicament? No one in a top position ever speaks clear in a way that cannot be interpreted, interpreted any other way than what he really means. Everything are innuendos and double-tongued lingo. They're hiding their own perversions as good as they possibly can. 
Thank you and see you later, alligator at a wild crocodile. Oh, thank you. <laughs>